Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Dugout. I'm your host, Michael Petropolis, here to tell you. Well, to go through a bit with you today, it's going to be info-filled. I'm going to go through 20 rounds of players based on their ADP that I am targeting in the certain round and players I am avoiding in that certain round. And then I will go just rapid-fire some names that I'm targeting after the 20th rounds for you people who love sleepers out there because sleepers let's be real folks it's the best part of fancy baseball drafts fancy football drafts fantasy hockey drafts whatever fancy bachelor drafts for all you ladies or men out there who enjoy fancy bachelor um if you have not listened to the broto fantasy football episode yet we released it yesterday it's all, all about best ball we had on a special guest by the name of Mike Beers at Beerswater on Twitter. It was a ton of fun. He is a, a great, great follow, so make sure to check that out if you have not yet. But today, you're here to talk about baseball. So, without further ado, All right, folks, we're going to get this started right away. No playing around, just straight up facts and championship winning formulas from the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Petrop. That's right. Starting off with the first round. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to go through player. I'm using fantasy pros here. Fantasy pros takes an aggregate of the rankings from multiple sites and combines it into one. So I think it's uh, a fairly solid representation of where players will be going in most drafts if people follow the ADP. That's why I am here. If So you don't have to follow the ADP and you could grab the guys that you like in positions that will clearly, clearly give you an edge. <clears throat> so without further ado, the first player, this shouldn't be much of a surprise here because I love this man, is Christian Yelich, who I'm targeting the first round. I'm in a Industry draft called the Great Fancy Baseball Invitational, and I drafted Christian Yelich, number three overall, and I will gladly do it again um, right after Trout and Betts. Don't get crazy. Trout and Betts are the guys. But Christian Yelich had an absolutely monster year last year. He batted 326. His uh, OBP was over 400. He had a, over a 1,000 OPS, 36 home runs, 118 RBIs, 22 stolen bases, I mean, every his ISO, which is isolated power ranking, which the average ISO in the MLB with the average baseball player is 140. Uh, Christian Yelich's ISO was not 140; it was 272, so almost double that of a of an average baseball player. Which is why he ended up with 36 home runs. A lot of projection systems have him not coming near 36 again. I'm I'm just I'm buying into it. I don't know if he hits 36 home runs. I do think he reaches 30 again, just because Milwaukee is top notch for left-handed hitter, left-handed power hitters, and all the signs. I mean, Christian Yelich is 27 years old. All the signs point to him being a star for years to come, and there's no reason for him not to be, to continue to be one of the best players in the game. The guy I am uh, leaning away from in the first round. He's going he's going 12th or 13th, so I cheated a little bit here. Besides the fact that I don't choose uh pitchers in the first round. So I'm not taking I'm probably not going to own any Scherzer, Sailor, DeGrom because they seem to be going in the first round in a lot of drafts. So there's that. I but I don't want to 
say Max Scherzer was a pass because if people want to take a pitcher first, go ahead. But especially in category leagues, which is I play, which what I play mostly, uh, pitchers just do not have the same value. I don't think I went over this last week in my strategies episode. So if you have not listened to that, check that out. But the reason Manny Machado is my man here is because I'm just not loving the move to San Diego and the wait time uh, before signing. He basically had the whole offseason without a team, and now he goes to San Diego, which is a tough ballpark. It's actually one of the least offense-friendly ballparks in the MLB. And, yes, he went off last year. He had 37 home runs, 107 RBIs, 14 stolen bases. But his 297 average, he uh, his – Excuse me. His average of previous year was at 259. So you don't know what you're going to get from in the average department. And I know he was he was fully healthy last year, and he he was a star for the Orioles and then the Dodgers. But I just it's this it scares me. I don't see him stealing double digit bags again either. So it's just someone I'd look past uh, just because I'm not huge on Manny Machado going forward this season. Uh, just I, I can't do it with the. Uh, with the time off, man, it's it's not okay for me. Round two, someone I'm targeting in all my round twos, it's Trevor Story, another guy who absolutely went bonkers last year. He He's one of baseball's, oof, what are there, one or two or three players? Jose Ramirez, Christian Yelich isn't going to reach 30 bases, so stolen bases. So, I mean, Trevor Story is one of maybe two or three players that can reach the 30-30 club last year. 291 average. His strikeout rate decreased by almost 10% points. Uh, his He had 37 home runs, 27 stolen bases, 108 RBIs. He, he was an absolute stud all of last season. Shades of back to his rookie season in uh, – not his rookie – his uh, – yeah, yeah, his rookie season in 2016 where he just completely went off with 27 home runs in 97 games. But I don't, I don't see that slowing down either. He had a 276 ISO similar, similarly to Yelich. So it might be tough to maintain such a torrid pace going into this season. But he's an absolute lock for 30 and 20, in my opinion. And he was a successful base runner as well, which is nice for a, a guy with his speed. He's actually a lot faster than people think when they hear the name Trevor Story. But he's someone I'm absolutely targeting in drafts had just under a 1,000 OPS. Someone I'm also Aaron Judge. Just want to give a shout-out to him. There's a couple rounds where I give a shout-out. I want to give a shout-out to Aaron Judge because Aaron Judge is an absolute stud who missed time due to injury last year. And don't forget when he hit 50 home runs a year before that. So if you need power in the second round, look no further than Aaron Judge. Uh, I'm okay with taking him in the second round. But someone I'm not targeting is Javi Baez. So Javi Baez seems to be a popular bust pick this year. And I usually don't – I try not to just agree with the consensus. I, But, I mean, if I end up agreeing with the consensus, so be it. But I uh, derive my own opinions through stats and things of that sort. And this one, I see why people are a little lower on him this year. Some of the things just didn't correlate uh, with the ground ball percentage and his, his walk percentage is only 4.5%. He struck out in more than a quarter of his at-bats. So, I mean, he was absolutely crushing the ball when he was making contact. He had 34 home runs, 111 RBIs. He also tagged on 21 stolen bases, which is a career high as well by far. So, obviously, a lot of bright moments there, and Javi Baez is 26, so it's not like he's going anywhere. 
he's he'll probably be a star in this league for quite a while, but I feel like you're chasing numbers if you take Javi Baez in the second round. I see a slight decrease coming. Doesn't mean he can't go 30 and 15. That would still be great. But especially in OBP leagues, you're going to have to pass on him, I'd say. Uh, his run potential might not be as high as... Well, he did have 100 runs last year, but it, if he doesn't hit 34 home runs, it's just it's tough to trust Javi Baez. I'd rather take a shot on guys like Trevor Story, who... Was a better had better plate discipline or Aaron Judge who could hit fifty home runs. To the third round is one of my main men, Aaron Nola, someone I was all over last year, starting pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies, just twenty five years old, and last year he went seventeen and six through two hundred twelve innings, had a K per nine at nine four nine. His walks went down, his his Ks went up. I mean he was. His ERA was at two three seven, and that uh, that's his FIP and xFIP, which are also fielding independent pitching stats, and xFIP just dives into that a little more. Are are good variables to look at outside of ERA to see if a pitcher was getting lucky or not, and it was right around three, so he might have been getting a little lucky with his ERA, but still a three ERA is studly, and he's only twenty five years old, so I mean. There's, it's not like he's going to get worse, you know? I mean, he could get worse, but it's not, he's 25 years old. If he takes another step up and has another two ERA, gets 20 wins and strikes out 280 players, would anybody really actually be that surprised? I, I wouldn't be personally. I'm a big fan of his stuff. He He's just been, ever since he came up, he's shown that he's an effective pitcher. He struggled with control and he just struggled with keeping the ball in the yard his first few years up and, Coming into the season, he's just he's ready to go. Last year, he was an ace. He was in the Cy Young uh, conversation, so I'm all over Aaron Nola in the third round as my first pitcher. Because, as you guys know, as you guys know, I said in my last episode, do not draft pitchers in the first couple of rounds, and I said that earlier as well. Someone I'm avoiding. This one hurts because I'm a big fan of his. It's Juan Soto. So. Juan Soto, he he's 20 years old. He came onto the scene last year and was just absolutely ridiculous. He had 22 home runs and 77 RBIs in 116 games. His walk rate was almost equal to his K rate. His OBP was over 400. He has an eye at the plate of a 30-year-old who uh, is one of the best 30-year-old, a, a veteran who's one of the best players in the league. And it's not like he was getting lucky. His his BABIP was 338, which is right around his career average. It's through the minor leagues as well. I just he's 20 years old, and it's a third round pick. It just scares me to uh, to draft someone here like Juan Soto, who's only 20 years old. He doesn't steal a ton of bases. It's I mean I'd rather take a shot with Aaron Nola to be your ace. If you haven't had a pitcher here, other guys in the third round around Javi Baez, uh, excuse me, Javi Baez around um, Juan Soto, that maybe Luis Severino or Andrew Benintendi, who's more of a sure thing. So Juan Soto is someone I'm reluctantly going to more than likely stay away from this year, but someone I like, I just, the value isn't there for me. Drafting is all about value. I love Juan Soto, and I think he has a great future ahead of him.
But this year in fantasy, I think he's being slightly overvalued, so more than likely not going to own him. Moving on to the fourth round, the big bopper, 25-year-old Reese Hoskins, keep it in Philly with his pal Aaron Nola. Reese Hoskins last year hit 34 home runs, had 96 RBIs, and just threw five stolen bases in there as well. This was coming off a season in only this previous season when he hit 18 home runs in 50 games, which was one of the greatest coming out parties in Philadelphia Philly history. And last season, his walk rate dipped just a little bit. His K percentage uh, went up about 1%. But I mean, his, he was, you had, you had to expect a regression from the first 50 games. This guy wasn't going to come into the MLB and hit 50 home runs his first full season, but he still hit 34 home runs. He still was pounding the ball. He was hitting the ball super hard. He uh, he swings at pitches in the strike zone. So he is someone that I like in the fourth round. He's comparable to uh, uh, Javi Baez, just without the stolen bases, but more power. Uh, but he, he plays first and outfield in some – in um, Yahoo, I believe it was first and outfield – so he also has that flexibility if you're in a Yahoo League. I think he was last year for sure. Not sure if he is this year, so don't quote me on that. But yeah, his slugging was at 508, which was uh, excuse me, was at 496. So he he was crushing it last year. His average was a little low at 246, and you gotta expect that from a rookie to not be s- superb. But coming into this season now, I expect him to take another step forward. And if you could get someone who hit 34 home runs in his first season. In the fourth round, sign me up. Someone I'm not taking in the fourth round, though, is Edwin Diaz. Nothing against Edwin Diaz. As a Mets fan, Edwin Diaz, I hope you get 80 saves and have a .04 ERA. But I don't choose closers in the fourth round, especially in head-to-head category leagues. If you're in a head-to-head category league, saves. Me and Jason in a league last year won uh, with just waiver wire closers or no closers week to week in a head to head category league, because it just, if you lose a save position, you could still win case. You could still win ERA whip. And then all the hidden categories, it's different than in Roto where you have to have a certain amount of saves at the end of the year compared to your T uh, league mates. But even in then I'm not taking a closer this high. You could get a bunch later on to get the saves, even though Edwin Diaz is an absolute stud who was one of the best pitchers in the game last year. He's just not someone I'm grabbing in the fourth round. To the fifth round. Another young, up-and-coming shortstop who was slept on going into last year, Xander Bogarts. Xander Bogarts is 26 years old, folks. It seems like he's been in the league forever because he was this huge prospect coming in in 2013, and he struggled for a bit of time there. So he wasn't going as high in fancy drafts. This year, he's finally getting some love. And still, I think the fifth round, although it's pretty steep price to pay, I'm for it. It's He's in a stacked Boston lineup. They should be just as good as they were last year, this year. He batted after a, a rougher 2017. He batted 273 in 2017 and then upped that by 15 points to 288. And his, uh, his BABIP, which is batting average of balls put in play, which is a good indicator if someone's getting lucky or not, was actually higher in 2017. So he was getting luckier with his balls put in play in 2017 and had a 15-point decrease in average. 
So he was hitting the ball hard and hitting it well, which is correlates with a uh, higher BABIP. And then he also hit 23 home runs at 72 runs, 103 RBIs, eight stolen bases. He had 15, 13, and 10 stolen bases the previous three seasons. So he could certainly reach the double-digit threshold. They said they want to get him running a little bit more, which is music to my ears or music to the ears of all Xander Bogarts owners. His ISO is at 234, which is a very high ISO. Above 200 is usually great. So even 23 home runs seems like it could be topped. So Xander Bogarts, especially at a position like shortstop, which falls off a little bit later on, I'm reaching for him there in the fifth round. Someone I'm not getting in. I can't stress this enough in the fifth round. I'm not going to own him on any team. I'm just super surprised at how early he continues to go in drafts. It's George Springer. George Springer is now 29 years old. And he his strikeout rate went up last season. He was grounding his ground ball percentage, which is the amount of times he had a ground ball based on his uh contact was nearly 50%. He had a career-low ISO of 169. I mean, this is a guy who, yes, he hit 22 home runs, had 102 RBIs. But, I mean, he also hit 265, and he's he's only hit over 30 home runs once in his career in 2017, which was a, a huge season for him. But it's, he, he back-to-back years where he didn't have more than six stolen bases, so he's no longer a stolen base threat. Like I said, his K percentage went up. His low ISO, the BABIP, was right around... Uh, what it was the last two seasons, so you can't blame it on luck either. He's just an RBIs are excuse me, I said 102 RBIs, 102 runs, 71 RBIs, and runs are a lot to do with the people around him and where you're batting in the lineups. I mean, he's in the Astros, so he, yes, he might reach 100 runs again, but you're really gonna bet on a 265, 22, 71 hitter, and yeah, you could, but even if you combine the last two seasons, a 27 home run. 80 RBI 270 hitter in the fifth round. That's a little tough for me. I'm not going to lie. George Springer is someone I've done a few drafts. I don't own George Springer in any of them. Yes, there's best ball drafts for baseball too, folks. So keep that in mind. I'm not drafting George Springer. Also, another uh, special honor of Gary Sanchez, who I'm not taking. He's going first catcher off the board in many leagues. Fifth round for a guy who batted 200. Not even under 200. I mean, that's all I got to say. Yes, I know the catchers are scarce, but it's just, it's atrocious value if you ask me. And not someone I'm interested in in the slightest bit this season. To round six. You guys keeping up? This is fun. Through five rounds, you got doing that four more times and then just going to start spitballing names. Stay focused. Jack Flaherty. Age 23 years old, St. Louis Cardinals pitcher came onto the scene last year as a rookie and destroyed the game. 28 games started last year, 151 innings pitched. He had a 10.85 K per nine, 334 ERA, uh, 386 FIP, and 358 XFIP. Like I said before, those are good indicators if the ERA is luck or not. So the ERA was right around where it should be. He his walks per nine were up a little more than his career average, which gives you which is bad that it was up uh compared to his career average, but it also gives you hope that he could clearly take it down a bit going into this season. 
I mean, he has a great fastball and curveball. His he his he has a wipeout slider. He's just he's super talented. He was a big prospect coming into last season. He got a call up and delivered right away. He also gave up over one home run per every nine innings, which was way higher than his career in the minors. So obviously it's tougher because he's playing MLB ball now, but I could see him getting the home runs per nine down to under one or a little bit further down, which would also help his ERA. But I mean, he, if he stays healthy, he's going 190 plus innings, 200 plus Ks could get you at least 15 wins in my opinion. So, I mean, he's someone I am targeting in the fifth round of the drafts. As long as he's able to stay healthy and stay on the field, he should be a stud pitcher and someone who's a great pick in round six. Special round six player, Tommy Pham. Uh, if you're not going for pitchers, Tommy Pham is someone I'm targeting in round six. The speed power combo, folks, the Trevor Story-esque speed power the Jose Ramirez, the Christian Yelich-esque speed power combo. You could find that, the light version, and Tommy Pham, uh, he went to Tampa Bay and was killing it. If if he stays healthy all season, batting at the top of the order, he could flirt with, or even in the middle of the order, he could flirt with 100 runs, 70 RBIs, and I could easily see him going 25-20. He'll just be an all-around contributor, He's so he's definitely someone to target. Someone I'm not targeting in round six. This one's a very easy one for me. It's Madison Bumgarner. I mean, I'm, I said before I was in a league industry uh, draft, the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, on Madison Bumgarner. It's a 15-team league, and Madison Bumgarner fell to the 10th round. But according to Fantasy Pros, his ADP is still in the 6th in the aggregate uh, total of the sites. Ever since the uh, accident where he was on the what – is it, what is it called? The uh, Timmy and Jason aren't here with me. This is a solo pod. So they can't find the words when I'm looking for words. The motorbike type thing when he fell off that. Ever since then, he hasn't been the same. Uh, it's been a couple of years since then. His K to walk percentage declined significantly. His case per nine for the first time ever really was under nine. Uh, his walks went up to what was it? Just around three walks per nine. He was he and. He had a 326 ERA, 399 FIP, 432 XFIP. So it's not like he's a terrible pitcher, but he was getting a little lucky. His home runs were 0.97. Uh, in 2017, it was 138. Just to compare those years where his he had very similar peripherals for ERA, FIP, and XFIP. So it's his ground ball percentage decreased. His left on base percentage was a little higher, which is it's good that he was leaving players on base, left on base percentages, the the players left on base um when he finished the inning. So it's good that he was leaving players players on base, but a lot of players were also getting on base, which is not a good thing. He also has not reached 130 innings in either of the last two seasons. He's supposed to be healthy now, but he's just not someone I'm putting my trust in. Sorry, Madison Bumgarner. I love you. I hope you come back to your normal stud self, but it's just tough for me to see that happening. To the seventh round. Raul Adeberto Mondesi would be an absolute steal if he fell to the seventh round. Uh, he was going in the fourth, fifth round of the industry draft that I'm in. If not the third round, Raul Mondesi is a one of those super prospects. He's 23 years old. Last year, he came up and played 
just 75 games for the Royals near the end of the season. They said, let's see what this kid got. And he put up a 276 average with 14 home runs and 32 stolen bases. Now, his BABIP was inflated at 335, which, again, BABIP indicates your average on balls put in play. So 335 is well above his career average, which is at 310 in the minors. And it's just 335 is a bit high in general. So his 276 average may come down. Uh, his 14 home runs, he's never really proven to have that type of power before. In 2017, he had a total of 14 home runs. And every and every other year, he did not even reach double-digit home runs. Obviously, power can bloom, so I'm not saying it'll disappear fully, but 15 to 20 full-season home runs sounds about right. And 32 stolen bases. A lot of projection systems have him at around 30 to 35 stolen bases. I just don't understand how a man stole 32 bases in half a season. A team now with Billy Hamilton and a team that doesn't have a lot of middle of the power, middle of the lineup power, they're going to need to make plays on the base paths and call up Adalberto Mondesi to go steal some bases for you. So I could easily see him going 260 with uh, 15 home runs. 45 stolen bases, a ton of runs, solid amount of RBIs. Someone I'm definitely targeting if he falls this late in the draft. Plus, he'll be a, a, a ton of fun to watch. And this is why I don't target stolen bases specifically, because you draft guys like Billy Hamilton, who only steal bases, and then you got guys like Adalberto Mondesi, who will help you in multiple categories. Round seven, hate or player I'm staying away from, avoiding. If you draft this guy, go for it. But... It's Roberto Osuna for me, who I am passing because I'm not drafting a closer in the seventh round, especially in head-to-head category leagues, category leagues, bleh, just because I don't draft closers at that type of pace. I like getting them later in the draft. Uh, if you take him here, I won't completely hate it, but his case per nine were uh, a little less last year. It was actually the first time ever under a K per nine in the MLB, which is a little curious. He also only pitched in uh, for in 38 innings last season because of the suspension, obviously, which is another added risk. Obviously, there's some risk in a player who's been suspended. If something comes up again, he'll be out of the league for the rest of the season and years, maybe even forever. So he's on a great team. He'll get you saves, but there's risk, and he just – I don't draft closers this early, man. So I'm going to have to pass on Alberto Osuna in round eight. I'm going to go with the uh, man, the myth, the legend. My dark horse MVP candidate last season. You know, I feel like I could just go into the season with the same mindset because he's in an even better spot. 28 years old, Yasil Puig, who just signed the seven-year 42. No, excuse me, he, who's ending... Actually, um, well, he just got traded to the Reds. I'm blanking on his contract. I know he had a seven-year, $42 million contract with the Dodgers. I think that just ended or starts this year. I'm, I'm bugging out right now, but the contract doesn't really matter here. It's the fact that Yasiel Puig is headed to the Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, which is a box and is great for power hitters. Sign me up for some Yasil Puig love, who hit 23 home runs 
and had 15 stolen bases in 2018 and 125 games. The previous year, in 152 games, had 28 home runs and 15 stolen bases. So as long as Yasiel Puig stays healthy, which is a big if, he does have a lot of injury woes in his history. If he's able to play 150 games in Great American Ballpark, you're looking easily at 30 home runs and 15 RBIs, and maybe even a career-high average because of the increased home runs and uh, the smaller stadium. And he uh, he really came on at the end. The end of last year, excuse me, he started the uh, season slowly, but I mean, Yasiel Puig, his his potential. Do you remember when he was a what was it when he was a rookie? Right, he came up and hit 19 home runs as a rookie, and everyone and hit 319, and he was the next big thing. Obviously, it hasn't been great for him since then, but all signs point to him having a career year this season. His BABIP was also slightly down last year, and he batted 267. So I could see a 270 average, 30 home runs, 90 RBIs, even more than 30 home runs, 35. If you want to get crazy, 15 stolen bases. I think Yasiel Puig would be great here in the eighth round. And then Scooter Jeanette also is my honorable mention here. I love me some Scooter Jeanette. All he did last year was bat over 300 and hit 20-plus home runs and get 90-plus RBIs. So if you need a trustworthy contributor, he was hated on last season by most. I loved him. I got him in every league. I told you guys to get him in every league. And he just kept hitting the ball despite the haters. And going into this season, he is someone I'm absolutely drafting. Someone I'm not drafting in round eight It's David Price. Uh, David Price is just someone I've never really been a big fan of fantasy-wise. He... He just he's on a better team now with the Red Sox, but he also has to face the Yankees often, which he struggles against the Yankees. He he just this is more of a personal thing here with David Price because I just don't see I'd rather take an upside shot on guys like Zach Wheeler, Herman Marquez, because David Price, you kind of know what you're getting. Uh you're gonna get an ERA between three five and like three eight, uh a K per inning, maybe fifteen to like eighteen wins. It's all well and nice, but I, I like taking upside shots when it comes to the middle rounds just because, sure, uh, David Price is solid, and he'd be a nice number three starting pitcher on your team or maybe number two if you went very hitter heavy. But he's just not someone that I, I love. He's he's 33 now, so he's, he's getting up there in age slowly but surely. So I'm avoiding him in most leagues or depending where he goes uh Maybe all leagues. He also had a low BABIP last year. So there could be some negative regression for him going into the season. Players I love. In round nine is Zach Wheeler and Herman Marquez. Uh, both pitchers are young, absolutely dynamic, and could be absolute studs this season. Herman Marquez, I'll start with him. Through 196 innings last year, 10.5 Ks per nine. 377 ERA. His FIP was 3.4 and his XFIP was 3.1. So his ERA was even higher than it was supposed to be. You can see that happening because of Coors Field, of course. But, I mean, this guy in his second full season, he's only 24 years old, was an absolute stud with over 200 Ks. He had a 33% strikeout rate in the last three months of 2018. Oh, he just, 
he got better as the year went on. Every it felt like every single time I went to look at the stat sheets, I'd see Herman Marquez seven innings, twelve Ks, one run, or something of that crazy stature. It's Colorado, folks. You always gotta be wary of Colorado with the pitchers, but Herman Marquez is the real deal. So I'm willing to take the plunge with him and hope, really do hope, he's able to pull off big things this season. I'm betting on him. And Zach Wheeler, who the second half last year was basically better than Jacob deGrom. I mean, what else could you say besides that? He was unhittable. He was striking out a ton of people. He was throwing quality starts repeatedly. He was the better version of Jacob deGrom, and Jacob deGrom was by far the Cy Young last year with an ERA under two. If you could get second-half Zach Wheeler, who people expected Zach Wheeler to be when he was first coming up with the Giants and when he was traded to the uh, the Mets, and then injuries happen, if you get Zach Wheeler and he's that guy from the second half, now even if he's even if he's 80% of that guy, you're getting an absolute steal. Someone I'm not drafting in round nine, D. Gordon. Uh, D. Gordon is just one of those guys where you chase the stolen bases. That's... Truly it. He batted 268 last season in 141 games. The season before that, he batted 308. And then the season before that, 268 again. And then 333 the year before that. So, I mean, if you trust the even odd theory, he'll bat over 300 this year. But listen, he also only had 62 runs, 36 RBIs, and four home runs last season. He was an absolute liability, and he only stole 30 bases. That's 30 bases. The last three seasons, he reached more than 30 stolen bases once, and that was in 2017. Need I say more? I'm going to pass on D. Gordon all day, every day. Going into round 10. I am drafting. I'm going to take a sip of water here, folks. You know, it's a solo pod. It's it's a good amount of work while you're talking. Your mouth gets dry. I'm not used to doing solo. Jason and Timmy uh, usually do a lot of the talking, but I'm here. I'm rolling. Take a sip of water and then get into Will Myers and uh, Matt Olson. Matt Olson, 24 years old, absolute stud. He's my main target in the 10th round. He had 29 home runs last year. I saw over 207. He had 24 home runs in 59 games the year before that, which is just absolutely absurd. Obviously not sustainable, but... He played well last year, and he was hitting the ball hard. He was tops in the league in a hard hit percentage. He he was hitting the fly balls at a high rate, over 40%. I mean, this he could easily hit over 30 home runs this year. He was getting a little unlucky, I'd say, last season. He played in every single game, 162 games, 660 plate appearances. You don't see that often. He had 85 runs, 84 RBIs, 247 average. He uh he's an average hitter, really, but 247 is a bit low. I can see that going up to more of a uh, 260 range. You're not drafting him for his average, though. You're drafting him for his 35 to 40 home run potential. And he's 24 years old. He's only growing. I could easily see that happening. Someone I'm not drafting in the 10th round It's Joey Gallo. Like I said in the first pod, if you haven't, Listen, if you're drafting someone to pair him up with another player, like Daniel Murphy gets the average, Joey Gallo gets the home runs. That's a terrible idea, in my opinion. You just get players that produce everywhere. Sure, he hit 40 home runs. Sure, he had 92 RBIs. 
He also had only three stolen bases, blah, 82 runs, which is sure, it's, it's good. 206 average, absolutely disgusting, a 206 average. And it's not like, you know what, it could go up this year. In 2017, he batted 209. We're like, yeah, maybe, maybe he could go up. 2016, uh, excuse me, 2016, he, he was hurt. Uh, he played in AAA and such. 2015 with the Rangers when he came up, he batted 204. So, I mean, it's just, it's it's not someone I'm targeting at all by any means. That's the first half. That's 10 rounds. Uh, I'm going to do the next 10 rounds. Maybe try to move on a little quicker with the next 10 rounds. I want to get more in depth with the early round picks. So I'm going to go through these a little faster, really. But still equally as important. Uh, round 11, Aaron Hicks, I think, is great. 30-15 potential, so... He's my honorable mention here if he could stay healthy in round 11. Victor Robles is my main guy. 21 years of age. Bryce Harper is gone. Victor Robles' time to step up. He has clear, clear 10 to 15 home run and 25 to 35 stolen base potential. Maybe even more if he bats at the top of the order. Maybe even more if they give him the green light more often. He he hits for a solid average. He should hit around 270 to 290 depending on how well he's able to adjust to the MLB last season, he batted 288 in 21 games, which is limited, only 66 at bats. But it's nice to see also three home runs and three stolen bases. I mean, caught 21 games, multiply that by eight, you get 168 games, so right around uh, the full season. 24 home runs, 24 stolen bases, 288 average. Obviously, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but if he's able to reach 20 home runs, which he certainly has the appeal to do. Uh, if he's able to reach 25 to 35 stolen bases and bat 280 in the 11th round, you kidding me? Give me that all day. Someone I'm not targeting, Buster Posey. Sorry, Busta, but it's about time you fall off the elite catcher bandwagon. Buster Posey, man, 31 years old, so it's not like he's super old. I wouldn't be shocked if he was able to come back and be like Yadier Molina-esque, get older and turn your career around, I guess. But five home runs last season and only 105 games where he was limited by injuries. 12 the year before that and the 14 the year before that, 19 the year before that. So it's just been a downward trend. Uh, 47 runs, 41 RBIs. He did steal three bases, but you can't count on him for stolen bases. Yes, he'll have a high average, but it's just his ISO for the first time ever was below league average. Well, not for the actually, yeah, for the first time ever in a full season, it was below league average significantly. I mean, he had five home runs and 448 plate appearances. So, Buster Posey, I'm sorry, but I'd rather wait on a catcher than to spend quality round 11 stock on Buster Posey. Round 12, I'm targeting Mike Moustakis, man. He, he's one of the most hated players, it seems like, in the fantasy community. Last year, he batted, he hit 28 home runs and had 95 RBIs with a 251 average. So, I mean, it's that's solid numbers. And the year before that, don't forget with Kansas City, 38 home runs, 85 RBIs, 272 average. So the average could certainly go up. He batted 284 in 2015. So it's back to back years with a 272 or higher average. So it's not like he, he stuck to the 250 threshold. He could definitely go up to 275 ish. Now playing in Milwaukee, which is, a great place for left-handed power hitters, which is why I love Christian Yelich. 
he has easy 30 to 35 home runs appeal who could bat 270 and hit 100 RBIs in that potent Milwaukee lineup. So I think he's being pretty significantly undervalued here, and he's definitely someone I'm going to be targeting in uh, round 12 of drafts. Someone I'm not targeting. Carlos Martinez. Carlos Martinez is just going off his name at this rate. He he pitched 118 innings last season. Some He started 18 games, then he came out of the bullpen, then he was hurt, and it's just – he was so – he went on the deal three different times last season with multiple core injuries. He became the closer for a little bit. Coming into this season, you didn't know if he was going to be the closer or a starter. He already uh, is dealing with some injuries in spring training. I Listen, I love Carlos Martinez. I've been drafting him year after year last season. He killed me in a couple leagues because of his injuries. But I don't know. It seems a little weird to me how high people are on him. Well, I mean, the 11th round isn't super high, the 12th round. But, I mean, he's just not someone I could reach for in the 12th round here because of the injury risk. Round 13, I cheated a little bit here. Remember, uh, I'm doing ADP based on Fancy Pro. So when I say round 13, I mean between picks 155 and 156. So I'm just doing it based on value and non-value at the ADP. I cheated a little bit here because I chose Brandon Nimmo, who was even uh, an even worse ADP than round 13. But I just love him that much, folks. Brandon Nimmo, Homer, you might call me, but... I mean, it's it's just, he's great. So why not? He's 25 years old. He was a bright budding star for the Mets in, his, in the farm system for a while. Dealt with a lot of injuries. Never really seemed like he was going to pan out. And then 2017, got some playing time near the end of the year. Had an OBP of 379. And the Mets were like, wow, look at this guy getting on base. And then, bam, 2018, he gets his first real shot. Played in 140 games, had 535 plate appearances. No, it's 17 home runs, had nine stolen bases. He batted 263, but had a 404 OBP. So if you're in an OBP league, you have to snag Brandon Nimmo wherever you can because he's an absolute steal at this rate in an OBP league. Uh, his BIBIP was right around his career average. His ISO is at 0.219. A 0.219 ISO is great for a hitter. It shows that he's hitting the ball hard. So I could see the 17 home runs becoming 20 home runs. I could see if he bats leadoff like uh, Mickey Calloway said they want him to. I could see him stealing 15 bags. His K percentage was a little high at 26%, but he had a similar – he had a 15% walk percentage. So he he was he has great play discipline. He was behind only Joey Votto in swinging at peaches, uh, excuse me, pitches in the plate. So he just start, has to make a little better contact. But when he does make contact, he's hitting the ball hard. He's getting on base a ton. He's going to score a bunch of runs. He had 77 runs last season. I think Brandon Nimmo is a steal in the 13th round. Someone I'm very excited about as a Mets fan. Someone I'm not drafting in the 14th, excuse me, 13th round is Eric Hosmer. Eric Hosmer, another guy. If you believe in this off, on, off, on, off, on theory, sure, let Eric Hosmer be your guy. But... I don't know if I can. Uh, he was dreadful last season. He batted 253, hit 18 home runs, and had uh, 69 RBIs, 72 runs only, seven stolen bases. He always chips in about five to seven stolen bases, which is nice. But 
the average was down. His ISO was just around league average, which is one of the which was worse than he's done in the last four seasons. Uh, he's on the Padres now, which is not good for uh for power bats. And his um strikeout rate was way higher than it was the prior season. It's actually the highest it was ever in his career at twenty one percent. So you just a lot of bad signs for Eric Hosmer. He was actually a negative WAR player, WAR's wins above replacement. So he was at negative zero point one. So basically, he was a replacement level player because zero means you didn't earn your team any wins. You didn't make your team lose any games really. But he was just he was a mess and not someone I wanted to put my trust in going into the season. Round fourteen, someone I'm absolutely drafting. Eduardo Rodriguez of the Boston Red Sox, 129 innings pitched last year, 10.13 Ks per nine, 382 ERA, 3.65 FIP, and 3.90 XFIP. So it was right around where it should be. Uh, 137 innings the year before that, with who he had in 2017, he had a lower K per nine, a higher walk per nine, a higher home runs per nine, and a 2.99 BABIP. In 2018, Eduardo Rodriguez increased his case per nine, decreased his walks per nine, decreased his home runs per nine, and his BABIP was higher. So he made significant improvement. It's all about him staying healthy. He only made 23 starts. He's never made more than 24 starts in his young career, even into the minor leagues. So I'm really hoping he's able to reach the 150, 170 inning threshold. But when he is pitching... He's on the Red Sox, so it's easy to predict double-digit wins. Uh, if you're in a quality start league, he has to work better on his amount of pitches he throws. But, I mean, Eduardo Rodriguez has 150 inning, 180K, 15 win upside in round 14. I'm very happy about that. Lester, uh, John Lester, oh, man, was he lucky last season. His ERA was 3.32. His FIP was at 4.39. His XFIP was at 4.43. So the peripherals say his ERA was supposed to literally be over a full run higher than it was. His uh, FIP and XFIP in 2017 were 4.1 and 3.85. And his ERA was 4.33. His ERA was 4.33. So, I mean, he he was supposed to be better in 2017 than he was in 2018. But in 2018, his ERA went down by a whole run. His war was even lower in 2018 compared to 2017, despite the stronger ERA. He pitched 181 innings. Yes, he did get 18 wins. But the season before that, he only had 13 wins. His Ks per nine was at an all-time low of only 7.38. Bleh. His walks per nine were at a career high at 3.17. His BABIP was lower than his career average. His left on base percentage was at 80%, which was higher. So he was getting out of jams. He was getting uh, more outs than he should have been. He just, he's a blow up uh, candidate this season as someone like a, a Jordan Zimmerman think who was supposed to be nice for the Tigers and then just kind of collapsed. Someone like that. In round 15, another young pitcher from the, in the MLB I am targeting is Shane Bieber. He was drafted in 2016, made his debut last season, and he was electric. 114 innings pitched, 
926 Ks per nine, which is great, but even more impressive, 181 walks per nine, and that's even higher than his career in the minors. In the minor leagues, he never averaged more than uh, one walk per nine, so he is super, super accurate. His uh, 4.7% walk rate was his walk rate last season, and that was... <laughs> That was his highest ever, 20% uh, percent K to walk ratio in 2019. He he was uh, finishing off hitters. Another th- another guy who's being over- underlooked because of his ERA, 4.55 ERA, but FIP of 3.23, XFIP of 3.3. So his ERA should have been a point and a half, maybe even lower. If he had a 3 ERA last season, eh, he would be going in the – Sixth, seventh round, but it wasn't. And people still look at ERA. There's a lot to consider when it comes to things like that. He's never pitched uh, over 150 innings, I think, or never pitched over 160 innings. He pitched 114 total last season. So it's something to think about. But uh, he could easily, easily get to like 100. 50 to 200 innings pitch, depending on how how great he is. And I think he's going to be great. And it's an absolute steal in the 15th round with someone in his uh, control and his just his overall pitchers. He has an elite slider. His fastball is great. His curveball, his curveball needs work, but he's a he's someone you should totally target in your drafts. <sighs> someone I'm not targeting. This should come as no surprise. Billy Hamilton, now on the Kansas City Royals. Yes, I know. It's the 15th round. If you want speed, I guess. But I do not want Billy Hamilton anywhere near my lineup because he hurts you in every position except for stolen bases. And last season, he only stole 34 bases. Three seasons before that, excuse me, the four, he stole 56, 57, 58, 59. I mean, this guy was supposed to steal 60. But he didn't. He stole 34 instead. You know what's absolutely nuts? In 82 games in 2012, in uh, A-ball, he stole 104 bases. Absolutely nuts. That's not going to happen with Kansas City. But if they're able to let him run, he could steal 40 bases. Sure, he could fill in a bench spot. But you guys know how I feel about Billy Hamilton. He's not going to be on the squad. Round 16, someone I am targeting, Nick Pavetta. Nick Pavetta. Man, do not look at his ERA either because he was an absolute stud last year. Despite that, 164 innings pitched. He had a t- almost a 10.5K per nine. His walk per nine went down by a whole run to 2.8 from 2017. He uh, His left on base percentage was a little lower, so he can he was getting a little unlucky. He His ERA was at 4.77, which obviously is very high, but he had a 3.8 FIP and a 3.42 XFIP. All his peripherals show that he is nasty. He... Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. He allowed a 17% home run to fly ball ratio uh, in his career. So if he brings that down, because he gave up 1.32 home runs per nine last season, if he's able to bring that down, it could definitely help. He he just he just seems like a guy who's consistently underperforming uh, run wise. If he's able to finally put it together this year at age 26, which I think he definitely can. Uh, it, it's not great that he's in. Pitching in Philly, which is a bad ballpark for pitchers, but even if he brings his ERA down to three eight, he's basically a lock for two hundred Ks if he stays healthy 
and double-digit wins. So Nick Pavetta is someone I love to target in the season late in drafts. Someone I'm not targeting, Byron Buxton. Need I say more? Everyone knows if, uh, if you know me from last season, I don't draft Byron Buxton, and it has done me wonders. Sure, you could take the risk on him. Sure, he's already hit two home runs in uh, spring training, which is shooting his ADP way up, so you're probably going to have to reach into the single digits or not the single digits, the first uh, maybe rounds 10, 11, or 12 to get him. I mean, this is a guy who strikes out a ton, doesn't hit the ball super hard. He had a .044 ISO when he was in the MLB last season for only 28 games, didn't even hit a single home run. His stolen bases, yes, he's fast, but uh, what's he going to get you, 20 stolen bases-ish? Is that really worth the risk of a guy who, even if he improves considerably, he'll bat like 250 and maybe hit 10 home runs? He just He's not someone that I'm targeting at all in drafts. Round 17, uh, Ryan Braun is someone I'm totally targeting. He's going super late in drafts. He's still a good ball player, folks. Get him on your team late. He has home run and uh, stolen base potential. But the main focus here is Tyler Glasnow. Tyler Glasnow is my dark horse pick for Cy Young, folks. He has been highly touted for years, has struggled in the system for the Rays. Uh, excuse me, for the Pirates. And now he got traded to the Rays. And he was awesome for the Rays. And I am buying into it, folks. He uh, he had a 4.27 ERA last season, 4 FIP, 3.47 XFIP. All you got to do is watch him and you see how dynamic he is. He's huge. He's, uh, uh, how tall is he? Like 6'8"? Yeah, he's 6'8". So he's absolutely ginormous. He had a 30% strikeout rate uh, at the end of the season last season. He has a wipeout uh, slider and curveball. He just, he's a risk, of course, but it's round 17. And if he puts everything together, we can see last year's Blake Snell being this year's Tyler Glasnow on the raise. His walks, per, his walks are a huge issue. 388. Uh, excuse me, four two seven, walk per nine last season. Not good. His career walk per nine is five. So that's clearly the issue. But if he is able to get that under control, I am absolutely okay with taking the risk here because it would be, it would just be glorious and wonderful for anyone who owns him. Someone I'm not targeting, John Gray. I'm just done with that. Every year people say John Gray is going to be this great pitcher. Every year he gets knocked around. So he's not someone I'm targeting this season. It's it's the 18th round, 17th round, so I'm nitpicking a little bit. I chose John Gray really just because I'd rather have Tyler Glasnow here. If you want to take the chance on John Gray, go for it. But he pitches in cores too. It's, it's, it's a little tough. And then we got round 18. I'm targeting Austin Meadows. I drafted Austin Meadows in my TGFBI draft. He is someone who is coming up in the uh, the Pirates uh, organization for years. Was highly touted. Was never really given a shot. Now is on the Rays, and he's expected to play early and often, hopefully at leadoff. I expect him to bat leadoff. I really hope he does. I could see 20-20 potential easily. Last season, he played in 59 games, had six home runs and five RBIs. If he bats at the top of the lineup, 
I could easily see a 280 average, uh, 80 runs, uh, 20 stolen bases, 10 to 15 home runs. So, I mean, Austin Meadows is someone I, I really love going into the season as a late-round pick to stash on your team. He has to bring down his strikeout percentage. He struck out one of every five at-bats last season. So that's something to work on. But his ISO is a little bit above league average. So he's someone I'm I'm definitely targeting this late in drafts. Also, Colin McHugh, as an honorable mention, is slated to be in the Astros starting rotation. Former Met. He uh, Every time he gets the ball for the Astros, he does big things. Now he's finally going to be able to start. Uh, he's been very effective for them out of the bullpen. And when he's been given the shot to, as a spot starter, so he's someone I'm targeting. Someone I'm not targeting around 18, Miguel Sano. Uh, he, he's just, he's like Joey Gallo. He batted 199 last season. The year prior, he batted 264, had 28 home runs and 77 RBI. So he was, he was teasing you, thinking he was going to have a breakout season. And then the year before that, he batted 236. So, I mean, it's this is not a guy with a high career batting average. And then last year, he went down to the minor leagues, Miguel Sano. Like, that's just unbelievable thinking that how far this guy has come and just the drop-off. But, he, yes, he's only 25 years old. But even if he does bounce back, he's going to help you in home runs, and that's about it. And who knows what type of average he'll be. I don't want a Joey Gallo-esque player on my team. And then we got round 19. I'm targeting... Ross Stripling. Ross Stripling is someone who has a clear path to the rotation now that Clayton Kershaw is dealing with injuries. Clayton Kershaw, guys, by the way, not drafting him anywhere. Just throwing that out there. Ross Stripling is a clear path to the rotation now with uh, Clayton Kershaw's injury. And if he is able to start full season, you're talking about an absolute stud. Uh, in the first half last season, his ERA was under two. He was averaging more strikeouts per nine than Jacob deGrom. He he was an oh, man. He ended up getting hurt and then getting kicked out of the starting rotation because of the Dodgers. Just whole starting rotation was so stacked. Uh, but I'm absolutely targeting him here. You could get an ace potentially in round 19, and same thing goes for Kenta Maeda and Hyunjin Ryu. All those late starting Dodgers pitchers. Someone I'm not targeting is well, actually, it's AJ Minter just because uh, AJ Minter's. He's just nitpicking a little bit here, too, because if he's not named the closer, you're just kind of wasting a pick. I don't like drafting eighth-round guys, especially in category leagues. I'd rather do it on the waiver wire. I like If he's named the closer, he'll be a steal. If not, don't take him. Now, round 20 and forward, I'm just going to rattle off some names that I like. I hope you guys enjoy the first 19 rounds of the ADP busts and values. Now I'm just going to start rattling off some names that I'm uh, targeting later on in the draft. Jesse Winker, this guy's a Joey Votto light. He has a huge OBP. He has some power. In OBP leagues, is an absolute steal, so you have to target him. Joey Lucchesi had a K per 9 over 10, I believe it was last season. Yeah, over 10. He threw 130 innings. His ERA was a bit high at 4.08, but he's only 25, and that was his first full season in the majors last season. I could see a big year coming for him if he's able to stay healthy with the Padres. Joe Musgrove of the Pittsburgh Pirates, if he's able to stay healthy, could have a good season. I just drafted him in TGFBI. He had a 406 ERA, but his FIP and XFIP say it should have been a little bit lower. 
He was more effective uh, as the season went on. He doesn't walk too many people, which is control is a big, big obstacle for pitchers. So it's great that he already has solid control. So he he has all the stuff. He just kind of has to put it together. Fran Mil Reyes of the San Diego Padres, super powerful bat who you could get super late. If he doesn't work out, you could drop him. If he does work out, you get possibly 30 home runs from a 25th round pick. Kyle Gibson, someone who is perpetually hated on. I get the fact that he's 31, but hey, people bloom late. He threw 196 innings last season, had around 180 Ks, had a 3.62 ERA. He was super solid, had a bunch of quality starts. He's someone I'm uh I'm uh, I'm paying I'm paying for it here because you could get him super late and he has top 30 35 pitcher upside in my opinion. So it's Kyle Gibson here for me. Brandon Belt, tweeted about him. He's probably my favorite of everyone. In the first half last season, he batted 287, had 13 home runs and 42 RBIs. If you correlate that to a full season, 287, he would have 26 home runs and 86 RBIs. A, a huge OBP if you play in OBP leagues, but he got hurt. And yes, I know injuries happen, but if he does not get hurt again, he's free and he's proven that he could be a talented hitter. I'm not saying he's going to be the MVP. I'm not saying he's top-notch guy. He he plays in San Francisco, and he doesn't have superb pop, but he's an absolute steal where he's going. It, it's mind-boggling to me. Some other guys, Jose Martinez, batted over 300. If he gets the at-bats, there's no room in the starting rotation, it looks like, for him right now. But if he's able to make his way into the starting lineup, it's a free, very good hitter to improve your average, hit some home runs and some RBIs. Uh, Garrett Hampson looks like he could be a speed threat for the Rockies. He's uh, aligned to be their starting second baseman right now, who you could get late. Jesus Lazardo, a pitcher, starting pitcher for the Oakland Athletics. He is young. He's a stud. There's a chance he starts the season in the rotation. There's a chance he comes up two months later. There's a chance he comes up at the all-star break, but he has the stuff, man. So you could either draft him and hope he, uh, hope he comes up early, stash him. Maybe he starts the season in the rotation. That would be top-notch. Someone definitely to keep an eye on. Uh, Steven Matz of the New York Mets. If he stays healthy, I'm telling you, he could put it all together. I've been watching him for years. He's a very good pitcher. Jeff McNeil, if he plays every day for the Mets, he'll give you some average, some runs, some RBIs. Someone to think about on your bench late, especially if he has multi-position eligibility, second base outfield, that sort of thing. And then Vince Velasquez, who is basically an afterthought after being a good uh, sleeper the last few years. He had another rough year, but he did show signs, so he's someone that I'm targeting again. And boom! That's it, folks. That is the ADP values and bust uh, podcast. I've never talked so much in an hour by myself. It's fun going through these things because uh, I enjoy talking about fantasy baseball, and I hope you enjoyed listening. At Brodo Dugout on Twitter brotofantasy.com or brotoff.com to check out all our content. You could click on the top right menu and go to dugout and you could see my my rankings, which I update every few days uh, through Fantasy Pros. And then my podcast will be available through the Broto Fantasy stream uh, on SoundCloud and iTunes. So you can just check it out there. And I thank you all for listening. Next time... I'll be back probably next week.
to discuss more fancy football as the draft, excuse me, fancy baseball as a draft's approach. This was fun. I hope you enjoyed listening and uh, farewell. Good luck drafting if you have some drafts coming up. Peace.